living a life of childhood wealth means you have time, money, and freedom to do what you enjoy. That doesn't mean you're rich. That doesn't mean you have you know, a gajillion yeah. dollars. Or you, but that flexibility to do what you enjoy and really optimize for what brings you happiness. That, to me, is the, the wealth component. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my Great to Wealth listeners. Today, we're going to be talking a very... It... it could come across as a controversial topic, but it's actually not because that's how I lived my life. And, and once we get into the detail, you'll figure it out why. I have the pleasure to bring uh, Jay Zygmunt uh, to the podcast today. He's the founder of Child Free Wealth. It's really, uh, I think he's one of his kind. Uh, the forum is one of his kind where he helps, you know, a lot of, we talk about legacy wealth planning, how to pass on this show. We've talked a lot about how do you pass the wealth to the next generation, how do you have your dynasty trust, your living trust, all that interesting concepts, right? Which, which is needed, especially if you have uh, kids to pass on the wealth too. What happens if you choose a life where you don't have kids, either by choice or some may not, some may be more of, uh, they just can't get pregnant, they don't want to adopt kids, whatever. Whatever the reason is, you are, you are basically living a child-free life. And you don't intend to have a child in the future, either either of your own or adoption. Uh, how do you pass on, plan your financial life and your life in that scenario? A lot of that is not talked about in a lot of places. I have binge watched uh, Jay Zygmunt's uh, podcast since this morning. I think I've listened to four or five episodes. So I don't want to deprive you of the wisdom and the insights that Jay is going to share with us. So with that, Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, it's it's funny. You, you say controversial, kind of. No, it kind of is. Like, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I live in the deep south. I, I live in Tennessee. And down yeah. here saying, hey, you're going to live a life without kids. It is kind of a political controversy. I mean, That's I got people true. praying for my souls for just because I help people who don't have kids. <laughs> Which is amazing. Jay, before we get into that, uh, uh, one question we usually open up with always is, what does the term migrate to wealth mean to you? <clears throat> You know, I I actually asked the question when I was doing research, what does child-free wealth mean? And, you know, I was kind of trying to find it and work it through. And I, I'm still not 100% there. You know, I, I always be honest with my clients. I'm like, I'm talking about what to do best, but I'm not always perfect. You know, yeah. and the way I look at it is living a life of child-free wealth means you have time, money, and freedom to do what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. now, that doesn't mean you're rich. That doesn't mean you have, you know, a gajillion yeah. dollars or... yeah. But that flexibility to do what you enjoy and really optimize for what brings you happiness. That to me is the, the wealth component. You know, the, the dollar sign is just a scorecard in that case. But like for me, it's I, I joke about it. I call it Marie Kondo in your life, getting rid of the things you don't enjoy and doing more of the things you do enjoy. That's yeah. how. Yeah, no, and I know. I love you. You're saying that that's really what the definition of wealth is, because Wealth is so subjective and, and there's never enough money, right? That we all know that it's a cliched statement, but we all know that you could have a billion dollars and you want the next $3 billion. You could have a dollar and you want the next $10. So there's just never going to be enough money for anyone. But the question that we're asking is that what does wealth mean to you? And let's pause. And wealth would mean different to me with or without kid than to you with or without kid. doesn't matter, right? So, so it's not because the, we're, we're bringing kids into the conversation, the planning, the wealth definition will evolve completely different. It's freedom. Hold well, well, on, well, I'm going to challenge you on that. All right, let's so, talk about that. So most child-free folks, and by the way, definition of child-free that I use is don't have kids, aren't planning on have kids, are embracing a die with zero approach. So they really want their, you know, their last check to bounce. Now, yeah. I mean, I don't mean literally we're going to be zero, but like as yeah. close as we can get. Very close. So in that case, when it comes to money, there's actually a point where earning more money is going towards a goal that's not yours. Mm. So I talk to my clients a lot about this because we, we have an approach we call file, finishments, live early. And it's kind of dialing back work, doing the right work at the right time, right level. But at some point in a child-free person's life, every dollar they earn is going to their estate, which is not a goal for them. So mm. it's actually not value added. Child-free folks, 
instead of the net worth always going up, we have to bend the curve and wind down yeah. our wealth. And in actuality, we don't always want the more money. And if you look at the yeah. data, child-free people don't actually have much higher of a net worth. It's it was the census found when single childless women had a higher net worth by like a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars. Hmm. It was nothing. And you'd think we'd have more money because we don't have to pay for kids. But the answer is it's not the same goals. Our yeah. goal is not to pass on money. So our goal is actually to bring our net worth down, which is different. So I think you're right. I think majority of them could be different. Um, but let's 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 push that a little bit further. So I think there's maybe segmentation within that as well, possibly. Because there could be, and I, I don't know many child-free people. That's why I call it controversial. And, and if you know my story, I think we were talking about it before we went on air. Me and my wife, we've been married for 20 years. For the first 10 years, we didn't have kids, not because we couldn't. It's because we didn't know if we wanted them. And uh, we, once you bring a child into the, into the life, you can't return them. We knew that. Uh, so like, you know what, let's make sure we really want them before we have them. But where I was going with that was a segmentation there could be that if somebody really has a mission-driven approach, right? Where let's say they want to have, they want to, they can't have kids, not by choice. It's because they have a physical ailment. And if they, if they have kids, they, they could potentially pass it on, pass that gene on to the child and the child could have an adverse condition. But in that case, they're saying, I don't want to have kids, but I also want to leave enough money behind me to make sure I can serve a purpose. Is that, do you see a lot of that? Or that's just, a, that's just a check the box, make you feel good about talking. Where do you see that? So this is where I'm going to argue. You, you are falling into what we call the, the standard life script trap, which is the standard life script says you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you buy that, yeah. you retire, you pass the money to sacred. That's so much in our culture that when we leave it, people go, I don't know what to do. So one of the things, you know, child-free folks, we get a lot of the same questions over and over and they thought, well, what's your legacy going to be? And here's the thing. It's not going to be a genetic legacy. Yeah. But I also can make more of an impact through my life in some ways than my money. So for example, true. true. I talked to child-free folks. I had somebody the other day I was talking to and she's making a bunch of money, doing well, but she wants to like leave her job and go be a librarian. Now she'll make less money for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. but she'll make an impact on the people she's helping as true. being a librarian. True, true. So true. that that assumption that we're going, the only way we can make money, uh, make an impact is with our money or it's our money. genetics. Yeah, very true. It's not true. Very so true. I've got folks that where retirement's really not a goal, they're going to work their entire rest of their life, but they're going to cut it back. They're going to do what they enjoy. You know, yeah. they're going to be in helping professions, whatever it is. And that shifts the entire financial plan. So much so, the way we do it, we plan for your life first, then your finances, then your taxes. Mm -hmm. Most folks start with planning with their finances. Correct. You know, like right. I have clients ask me, well, when can I retire? And I go, well, do you want to retire? And they say, no. Well, then why are you asking about why retirement? Ask that question. Yeah. You know, and with the, when it comes to legacy and passing on money in a generation, my nephews get whatever's left over. If they get 10000 or or 100000 that's fine. If yeah. they get a million dollars, I made a mistake because... I could improve their life much more by helping them throughout their life yeah. than when I die. Very true. 100%. 100%. So it's a whole different mindset. Actually, Jay, I'm going to pause here for a second because I think, I think what you just said is so powerful, even for people with kids, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go off the script here. I'm going to speak in a language that may be foreign to a lot of my listeners, which is perfectly fine. There's, I grew up in India and there's a big saying there is in Poot kaput to kyadhan sanche, poot saput to kyadhan sanche. That essentially means is that if your child is idiot, what's the point in passing the wealth? And if your child is great, what's the point in passing the wealth? Right? It's true in both conditions. And which essentially what you're saying is that I'm, I'm trying to borrow it from your child-free wealth approach is that if you're working like a dog, if you're working 20 hours a day, including weekends, and you're neglecting the impact you can have in your child's life, leaving them $20 million when you pass away is a different kind of impact. Versus if you're working nine to five, let's say I'm making numbers up. I don't know what the numbers are for everyone. If you're working nine to five and you're working hard, but you carve out quality time with your child and you only pass them a million dollars instead of a $10 million. 
the impact you're going to have by being present in the child's life is going to be way more than you leaving them 10 million 10 the impact of 10 million dollars is going to be there's going to be an impact the child is going to feel great but you knew inside of that that there's something is missing in that child that you can have an impact what do you what do you thoughts on that jay absolutely you know i chaffrey folks we often refer to bill perkins book die with zero and he's talking about spending money and he talks about the the connection between your health your wealth and time and as you start to find a balance act where you could actually invest in you and your experience in your life mm-hmm. and have a bigger return on investment. You know, with my child free folks, it's more of like, you know what? What's the point of all of this? Yeah. And, and 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 we call it we have a point we call the child free midlife crisis, which is when you hit your personal, professional, financial goals and then you're like, mm-hmm. "Now what?" We all have goals and then we're like, yeah. we get them and it's like the dog who caught the car. Yeah. We're like, "What now?" And he, what tends to happen with parents is they shift their goals to their kids. Yeah. You know, like they put it on them and it will that's not my topic to whether that's good, bad or ugly. That's a separate that's for you. Yeah. But when you don't have that excuse, the excuse of hey, I'm going to pass on my goals or I'm going to pass on my next generation, you have to face what do you really want from your life? True. What True. do you what do you really enjoy? You know, like you you went to school, you worked hard, you went up the ladder, you're making a whole lot of money, but you're miserable. You know, one of our top downloaded podcast episodes is actually I'll make you quit your job because there's a whole lot of people I tell them quit their job because they're making, you know, nice six-figure salaries, right. doing well, but they're miserable. I'm like, so you're telling me for $200,000 you're willing to be miserable. That's a terrible way to live your life. And if you don't have the excuse of passing on money to the next generation, you have to face, actually, do I really want to rise so and grind? True. That is so true because once you have a child, they're like, oh, you know, I have to do this for my child. I have to save for college. So I have to work hard because of that and that's just you you're hiding behind that. And I'm not saying that that excuse is valid or not, but it's an excuse uh, yeah. to not go introspect and not go deeper into that question of what is your life's purpose? Like we always talk on a show is live life by design, right? So uh, if you want to work less, figure out how to have your money work for you. right don't be actively involved in some part carve out multiple streams of it there's multiple ways to do that and you're an expert in yourself so i know you know all that about it but i think the goal is to what kind of life do you really want to live what kind and we ask the question what kind of legacy but i think in your case the legacy is really a vain topic because what you what kind of life you want to live today mm-hmm. because you don't you may or may not have a legacy or you may not choose to live a legacy at least in genetic purposes but you can live you can build a legacy while you're living. So well, I actually yeah. love this conversation. Let me challenge you. You know what? You don't have to leave a giant legacy if that's not your goal. Like 100%. You know, 100%. People, people get stuck on this like cuz you're child free you need to like achieve some giant thing in your career. No, oh. you can just be happy and live your life. Correct. You know the, the way we say it is we want your finances to be simple so your life can be amazing. If your amazing that. life is out drawing and you know I had somebody who wanted to like uh, start a business uh, doing art with flower pots cool that's perfect like, I, i don't know what that means it probably not yeah. but if you enjoy it awesome yeah and that's the difference and our culture is just set on this hedonic treadmill you got to earn more we got to spend more yeah. we got to earn more spend it more is. it is and you jump off it and you go what the heck am i doing mm-hmm. and is it making me happier yeah and that's a hard question It's a hard question man I think a little bit about my story I think we talk we talk briefly we may not have touched that point uh, is I I have a glimpse into what a child free life could look like for long term because for the first 10 years in the after first 8 years of our marriage we're like you know what maybe 4 years of our 5 years of our marriage we're like money is not everything we got to give back we actually sold everything we had and checked and checked ourselves into a monastery for 2 years we're living wow. with monks right we're kind of We're kind of doing more personal work and those questions were asked and then eventually there was a desire to have kids and also we came back which is perfectly fine either as well but i think that growth that we had the freedom of choice that we had right where you don't have to think for another person beyond you and your spouse or just by you whoever that is it could be a single person uh, without kids or it could be a couple with kids doesn't without it doesn't matter but the less people you have to think for the more choices open up for you the more people you have the more it's like a multivariant equation in a math right where 
you have to fix some variables. If you don't have a child, a lot of your decision-making becomes easier. Doesn't mean- Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to challenge you on that. So Here that, is a judgment. That, that's true. Okay. I should have said that. I should have asked compared to when you have to think for four people, or oh, you have to think for on. two. You're still, you're still putting a judgment in there. Right. And, I, and so here's a, so let me give you an example. I was at a financial conference and somebody gets up and says, well, if you get divorced and you don't have kids, that's easier. Like, no, it's no, different. It's different. Yeah. Okay. That's true. It's not that's easier. True. It's different. That's fair. And, that's fair. And what happens is we in our society, unfortunately, compare way too much against each, each other. Let's just be honest with that. Yeah. And we know that's comparison to the thief of joy. And what happens, a lot of child-free folks get judged and go, well, you've got it easy. You've got this. You have no clue what their life is like or what they're right. dealing with right. or right. anything right. else. So it's not necessarily easier or harder. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't have kids. I don't get a vote in your life. You don't get a vote in mine. Yeah. I'm not judging. But what happened is you're you're doing things and you're meaning well in this discussion, but you fall in the trap just like everybody else. You're, like, you're right. You're right. I was, I was thinking about what I said. I'm like, you're 100% correct. I have no idea. I mean, I could say that my decision was easier for me to go leave for monastery at that time because I didn't have kids. Because if I had kids, I wouldn't make that choice. So for me, I think maybe that's the missing point. I was thinking about me. That would I make, would I be able to make the same decision at that time? No, I can't because now I have somebody else in my life and I have to also think for them. That doesn't mean easy or hard because it could be a very easy decision that, Hey, you know what? My priority is this. I'm not doing it simple. Decision is easy. Or I could make it very complicated and say that I'll mull over it. And so like, no, 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 I regret having kids and that my life sucks and all that good stuff. I can go either way. So I, I understand what you're saying. I think that makes sense. And thank you for challenging me. I love this. I love this podcast already because this is what this is what needs to happen, right? Because we oh. use these words so we all mean well, but our words are coming with our assumptions, and that assumptions could be misunder misunderstood. And, and I give people the credit that hopefully they all mean well. <laughs> there are some people. Chances are know, they do. Hopefully they do. Right? Yeah. You know. So we uh, August first is International Child Free Day. And people don't even know it exists, but it's kind of like Mother's Day, Father's Day, it exists. Mm. And to celebrate it, we did a billboard in Times Square just celebrating what people's lives are like, be child free. We said, hey, International Child Free Day exists. And like somebody on social media is like, hey, you're part of a globalist conspiracy to depopulate the world and blah, blah. And I'm like, what in the what? world are you like? <laughs> like, huh? And, and there's all these judgments that come with it and reproductive rights yeah. are a big issue in politics and all that. Right, right, right. And my thing is, look, you just live your best life. I'll live mine. And we're all good. You're not you telling know? people to not have child. You're saying, if no. you choose not to have a child, I can help you. Right? That's so it. it. And what happens is all this bias gets built in. You know, so yeah. my company, I went to buy some software from a vendor. And they said, hey, well, who do you serve? I said, I serve child-free folks. And he says, oh, okay, so you hate kids. And I'm like, dude, like, what? You know, I'm over here trying to give him money and he's over here insulting me, you know? like, Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure you bought that software for him. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, this is the stuff that happens. It does. It and does. what it is, is it's actually called a pronatalist bias. So the culture is biased towards having kids. You know, you get tax breaks. Different what, what is it you called? Can you, can you tell me the technical term again? Pronatalist bias. Pronatalist so bias. Pronatalism is, you know, in favor of having kids. Yeah. So let, let's give a great example. So, you know, if you look in India, there's a lot of generational housing. Definitely. So one of my colleagues, we had a conference, we got a child free convention. They were talking about this and they said, look, because I'm not doing the next generation, I don't fit this mold. And I'm going to have issues of how, who takes care of me when I'm older and how do I do it? And what's my structure of the family? And like all these things that are built in assumptions. Yeah. That Definitely. we don't even think about. It's just like yeah. expected you follow this path. And now you take a hard right turn off from the standard life script. And all of a sudden people are like, what's wrong? Why can't you have kids? What, what's yeah. like, and, what's and wrong with you? What's and wrong they start judging people that are choosing yeah. not to have kids. They start pitying people yeah. who can't have kids. All of this stuff. And it's like, listen. Oh my God, Jay, I, I'm reflecting back on the first 10 years of our marriage. Um, including my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law, my mom, my dad. They're like, you're going to regret not having kids. There's going to come a time where you can't have kids. Be sure that you really don't want kids. I'm like, yeah, at that point, 
it's okay if you don't have kids you don't have kids even if you want it if you want desperately enough we'll adopt them big deal there's tons tons of kids without parents but if you really really want it but i don't want to bring a child because because it's kind of interesting the conversation i'm like okay why should i have kids and i'm like maybe i'm missing something can you tell me who's going to take care of you in your old age that was the biggest question that saket who's going to take care of you? you're going to get old at some point who's going to take care i'm like to bring a child just so that they can take care of me in my old age if that's the only reason there're probably other other ways to help me take care of my old age they're probably oh, hold on, hold on. i got to answer this one cuz we get this all the time who's going to take care when you're older <clears throat> and by the way this is actually one of the things we work on in a company we work on you know we have a product coming out that's going to be medical power attorney financial power attorney executor for people you know we we got that yeah. but here's the actual data in the US the US census looked at adults over 55 and they were looking at childless versus having kids mm-hmm. and they found that of childless adults <clears throat> over 55 2.5% got any financial support from their family so that's mm. like nothing right but in the same sample 55 and older adults in the US 1.5% of parents got any financial support <laughs> <laughs> so for all you out there assuming your kids are going to do this yeah they're not they're not <laughs> they're not they're not I, i don't think it's a safe assumption to put that burden on a child to begin with it's not it's oh, not it's not the right thing and, and then they'll say to us we're we're selfish for not having kids and i'm like where are you yeah, selfish you're, for you're putting on your selfish you're... correct you're forward thinking you're think you're strategically manipulative that i want to have you bring in my life so that you can take care of me in the future No I'm I'm with you man I'm 100% with you because I've lived that question. Now for us it changed and it changed for good and we love that life too. We love that life as well before kids and we love our life right now. So I would never tell to anyone what should they they should do but I think the question is what I would say is that for all my friends and my listeners and 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 my clients who are thinking of having kids I would I would rec- highly recommend ask the question why do you want to have kids? not saying having a child is good or having a child is bad or not having a child is good or not having a child is bad ask yourself a question because you will do yourself and your child a disservice by not knowing why you're having a child like for same same thing if your spouse ask you why do you love me you better have a good thought out answer not because you want to earn brownie points because you have to live with that person for 30 40 50 years hopefully for the rest of your life And if you just say I don't know. Well that means you just haven't thought you haven't thought hard enough, right? Uh so, so here's the thing, I've got a lot of data that looks at why people have chosen not to have kids. Yeah. What I believe and I could be wrong but it's just based on my data is that people who are child free put a lot of thought into the process. Most yeah. of them one reason, you know, it's finances, medical and environmental and may, sometimes by choice sometimes not. The best answer I've heard is somebody said, "Hey, I said to my spouse, you know, we we're talking about having kids. Their rule was it has to be two enthusiastic yeses to have mm. kids." And I love that framing of like we both have to say yeah, yes yeah. enthusiastically we want yeah. to have kids. If one of us says yes and the other one's maybe or no or whatever, we might go along with it, but we're going to have issues. And there actually is a concept of parental regret. People don't like to admit it, but there's a public studies about 17% of parents regret it. You're yeah. right, you can't change your mind later. Like can't return, can't return them. There's no return policy. So this idea of like you should have two enthusiastic <clears throat> yeses, I like. Now, the reality check is if you're going to have kids, the question I always ask is whose voice is in your head saying you have to? Yeah, very is important. Is it yours or is it culture right. and fit? You just listed everybody in your family that was in your head kind of Definitely, man. Definitely. Definitely. And what happens is when you choose to live a child-free life or not by choice, all of those voices are still in your head and it starts pushing you in a direction. So for example, the stand life plans is you got to buy a house. Everybody says you got to buy a house, got to have a real estate. Yeah. Well, if you're child-free and you're moving every 2-3 years, there's no reason to buy a house. No reason to buy a house. Yeah. Well, people go, "But I can't get ahead unless I buy a house." Well, no, that's part of the standard plan and that's what your yeah. parents told you and that's what yeah. your culture told you. I'm like, "No, that's yeah. not fitting you." Man, my wife would love you because that's the conversation we always had. We should have a house. And she grew up here and I grew up in India, right? So, she's like, "Why can't I have a house?" And I always I have a pretty bad tendency of pushing people. I'm like, "Why do you want a house?" I'm not questioning the choice. I'm saying we should have a house. That's perfectly fine. 
But let's answer the question, why do we want a house? Because if we want to live the lifestyle, we've changed 25 addresses in 23 years. So if, if somebody looks at our track record, uh, we're going to move, right? That's the only thing I know. So us buying a house, if the, if, if the house is to give kids stability of location, our track record is not there, right? So are we now, if we're buying the house, are we buying the house to your point is about somebody else's script in your head is because somebody has told you it's the American dream and who defined that dream? That's a whole different podcast. We can talk about that, but you're, you're 100% correct, man. I mean, I really think, Jay, that what you're doing and what you're talking about, it's actually the same thinking principles if people can bring in, even when they, when, when they have a child, actually they're going to live a very elevated life, right? Because they're going to bring their child in an environment where if, they're, if, if I can challenge my own thinking, that's the only way my child's going to know to challenge their thinking, right? If I'm saying, let me follow my script, but my child, you have to be perfect. Why are you doing this? What are you, why, why are you making that decision? Oh no, this is, this is Socket's opinion. This is your school's opinion. Do this. It's not going to work for a long term. But I do have one question for you, uh, Jay. As I was saying, saying that is when you said that it has to be two enthusiastic yeses, right? And then you said that the other person will come along. So there's going to be a compromise, right? So when, so I may say yes, the wife may say no, but wife would say that I love you too much. I want to be with you. Let's go ahead and have kids. And then five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, at some point, there's going to be that feeling of you ruined my life because I didn't want to have kids. I have them because of you. I could have a very different life. Do you see that in your parental regret where they they don't have two enthusiastic yeses and they still have them? Do you encounter these kind of people or they're not in your, I know they're not your target audience. Yeah. So does that work? I don't write, I don't research parents, so I don't, I don't go far into it, but let me give you a way to understand this. So I used to work as a paramedic uh, many years ago. I was in healthcare and I had a patient in the back of my ambulance who, uh, it was like a couple weeks before I got married and he had been married for 42 years. So I said to him, I said, Hey, what's the secret to a long marriage? Like, you know, 42 years, you've been happy. What is it? And he said it this way. He says, it's not looks. Those come and go. I was like, okay. Fair. He says, it's not lust. That comes and goes. I was like, all right. He says, not love that comes and goes. I'm like, well, hold on, dude. You're not making wow. me feel so okay. good. Like, yeah. He says, the secret to a good marriage is compatible baggage. We all mm. have. Baggage dude, I love that. I actually love that. So, so hold on. He says, we, we all bring baggage into the relationship. If you plan on changing the other person, you're just going to be unhappy. Yeah. If you can accept their baggage and it goes away, all the better, your relationship got better. He says, everybody has different things that they'll accept. And the idea of having kids, I hate to call it baggage, but it is for some people. Oh, definitely. Baggage. Definitely. Having kids or not. And if we don't have compatible baggage, mm. you can't change in the future. You're not going to have a happy marriage. And it sounds very kind of analytical, very. But it makes you know, sense. Kind of, but it, it works. Sense. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know what your baggage is and what your spouse's baggage is, you got to have the conversation. And if yeah. the baggage is they 100% want kids and you 100% don't, it's no different than they're 100% into debt and you're 100% a no debt person. Let's just right. not compatible. Correct. And and eventually all that other stuff is going to wear off. Yeah. And it might come and go and it might wane and it wax and wane. But that, and I think what happens is child free folks, about 32.7% will never marry, but they might be in long term relationships, but never mm. legally married or other things like, we're looking at alternative family structure, whether it's groups or friends right. or whatever, because it's whatever works and it's the baggage that works together. And yeah. it's really interesting when you start pulling it apart. Dude, I love this conversation, Jay. This is, this is uh, provoking a lot of questions in my own head. It's the question of why, right? Curiosity of your own life. This is, this is where, I mean, it's, it's the conversation that's triggering it, but the questions we're asking they're valid questions. And I think, you know what, one part of this could be because child-free lifestyle, I'll call it the lifestyle, is so controversial that you're challenged at every single step if you make a decision for not having children, not by choice, is because people love to share their opinion. They share with me, so they'll share with everyone. You have to, re you're forced to think hard. 
right? You're kind of put in that position of power. It's it it may come across as a weakness, but it's actually a position of power because these people who are challenging you, they're forcing you to think, to make sure that you have yeah. thought through that. So let me let me kind of go one structural one. So one of the ones I've been working on, and we got a product coming out later this year for this, is the question of who is your medical power of attorney, financial power of attorney executor yeah. when you don't mix the kid, mm-hmm. which is a huge problem. And what happens is right now you go to a trust company if you have like 10 million or more, you know, like you have to have a lot of assets. Yeah. Some states an attorney will do it for you, but if you're moving like you do, well, that's not, not helpful. Not gonna work. So we've actually yeah. created a structure we're building for this to solve for child-free folks for who makes decisions for us when we can. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining this concept to my peers, all the other financial planners, I said, okay, here's the thing. They're going to pay X amount per year. We're going to be their power attorney. We're going to handle all their executor. We're going to handle all it for them. They don't have to worry about it. And one of the people said, hey, I work with parents and they'd love to buy that product too. Because yeah. then they don't have to rely on their kids to do it. Right. They don't have to rely on it. Right. And I said, great, but I'm not selling, you know, that's not my client. You know, I'm not, but, but like, it was just, but we have to solve it for child-free folks. We do. But then the parents are like, that's a great solution. I don't have to be a burden. I can rely on a fiduciary to make the decision for me. To the, 100%, a, 100%. But it wouldn't have come up as an option because parents have a default correct. choice. Correct, correct. Where we don't, so we have to decide it. See, this is where I love this, this contrarian way of living. When I say contrarian, not a good or bad. It's a different way of life because majority is going towards having a child. And, and we have this population who's choosing not to, choosing to be child-free, uh, right? Their challenges because they're, it's like, it's like with how the innovation happens, right? If innovation, if Mark Zuckerberg said that, uh, what was that tool called? I can't even remember the tool before Facebook, whatever it was. MySpace. MySpace, thank you. MySpace works, I don't need to reinvent it. Or Airbnb said Craigslist exists, I don't need to do couch swapping. These innovations wouldn't have happened because they put themselves in a position where what if, and the child-free people are asking, what if we don't have kids? What if we don't want kids, right? What if we ch- make a choice? And it's an experimentation, it's a game. And then you try to solve these problems. The products that come out of it is not just for that population at that point. Because you addressed a need, which you're 100% correct. I'm like, do I really want to put my kid into a situation where they have to decide, don't ventilate me? Can they live with that decision? Right, because I had to make that choice for my mom, and I, every single morning I wake up to that. I'm like, I killed my mom. Right now, she would have chosen it, but I can't get over that feeling. Now, do I want that burden on my child? Right now, I have no other option but to figure that out. Right, yeah. right now I'm like, okay, that's the only option I have. I'll worry about it later. Who knows if I'm alive at that time or not? But having a, access to a product like this at least opens up the option saying, you know what, maybe Jay is not offering it, but maybe somebody will copy Jay's model and figure it out for, 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 for people with kids as well. So I love that. And thank you for sharing this product. I think it's a great product that you're working on right now. Well, and what happens is, you know, we, we really are at Child for Health. We're, we're creating a category that doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. The actual truth is in financial planning, there's not much innovation. There's iteration, you know, small changes, more, yeah. you know, using more technology, but the child-free life and financial planning process we use is completely off the script of everything else that exists. Right. We're an advice-only planner. We don't take over assets. We have a flat fee. We have a, a lifetime structure where we're taking care of them. Literally, you know, my company's going to bury me, you know, like literally, you know. <laughs> and, and what happens is when you're doing that, it's good and bad. The good is it's a blue ocean, man. You can make whatever you, you know, want. Yeah. That is you got it's no script, no, like you're, you're making it up and you're, you know, and I've, I'm on a version five of our product or whatever. And the need is huge. And, you know, the, let, let's give you the numbers. So right now in the United States, there's somewhere around between 20 and 25% of the U S is child free. Hmm. I yeah. didn't actually realize that 25%. Yeah. So the, the best results, big number. the best data we have comes out of Michigan. They did a statewide hmm. one of this. They asked, do you have kids or not? Do you want to have kids? Are you ever planning on having kids? Okay. And so child-free are no on all those. I'm not having, never having yep. kids. And they found 20% were, were child-free by choice. And another about 4% were not by choice. So it's about sure. 25% total that don't yeah. have kids, not planning on having kids. 25% of the U.S. 
is living this life. There's one financial planning firm dedicated to serving that. Jay, wow, man. This is, I actually, I, I didn't, I, I thought the number was quite smaller, at least in my head, uh, but I have not researched it. So, so let me give you a comparison. So, so here's a comparison to help you. That same study about found about 8% of the population was LGBTQ plus. Mm. So we're like triple the size of that community. And by the way, wow. there's a lot of overlap between the communities. Correct. But correct. Correct. Nobody would have guessed no. that we're three times no. the size. No, I mean, one fourth of the population is choosing not to have kids. And that number has gone up since Roe was overturned and some of the reproductive rights issues. So, right. And, and you go to other countries, you go to Japan, it's one third. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you have these huge populations and what's happened is in the financial world, we're still like treating everybody like, you know, I, I've actually done research on this. Like what, what happens when child-free folks go to the standard financial plan? Like, well, you'll change your mind. What are you just going to plan? Like yeah. you have kids, like it just because come back in that. Sell you trauma, they can't sell you life insurance, yep. right? They're like, who do life I need insurance life insurance useless, for? Yeah. It's just useless because most of them, you're not taking care of the kids and chances are both, both adults, if they're married or if they're living together, they, they're working. Right. So even well, one not, away, you don't need the income. Like, you don't need the income. Correct. So there's no college education. There's no marriage. There's nothing. Well, so, so let's go one more. So if you go to a standard financial planner, they charge you 1% of your assets right. under management, something like that. That financial planner, their goal is for your net worth to always go up. Child free folks, I already said that goals would go down. <laughs> there's a built in conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's not no way to get around. No. No. So let's, let's talk, let's talk a little bit in the, in the interest of time here. We don't have a whole lot of time, so we won't go deeper into it. But what are the levers that you pull for dive with zero dollars? I'm making it up. I don't know what the right terminology is. How do you, how do you plan for that? Yep. Like, so here's how we thinking? do it. We, first thing is we create a safety net. So the safety net is you have a plan for long-term care, either long-term care insurance or put aside money. You put off Social Security till 70. Now we'll yeah. have a separate debate on whether Social Security is going to be here, sure. but let's just put it off in case. Right. And a little cash cushion, you know, a little just kind of like just in case whatever happens. Then what we do is we optimize between now and the end of whatever number we're going to use, you know, 90 years, 80, whatever we want to use, sure. how much money you have to spend. And here's the thing. Rather than like the 4% safe withdrawal rate, which assumes you want to keep the principle, yeah. we set guardrails and say, this is the minimum you need to spend each year. I love that, here. man. I love that. And, and it's a completely different way. So we're saying, hey, you know, if the market goes down, here's a kind of a max, but you have to spend sure. all the gain plus some to bring your yeah. net worth down. And what ends up happening is I spend more time with my clients talking about spending money than saving money. <laughs> and I'm having conversations so like, different hey, conversation, man. Yeah, Such a I'm different conversation. Like, let's, let's shoot for spending $100,000 on travel. And by the way, let's also shoot for giving away $100,000 this year. Yeah. Because if I give money away during my lifetime, I get a tax break. If I give it away in my state, I don't. Nothing. Yeah. So let's optimize to actually spend down. I had a client reach out to me. I'm worried I'm going to run spend on money. I'll run on money. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. You're 60, 70. You got 10, 15, 20 million dollars. There's no chance you're going to run on money. We need to no. like start spending money like crazy yeah. and giving it away. Correct. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, even if you spend a million dollars a year, you still won't finish it. Right. So let's focus on it. But what happens is I got people that they're suffering for what we call the blueberry problem, which is they're buying the frozen blueberries because they're a dollar cheaper than the fresh blueberries. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, buy the good blueberries. Like, seriously, you're flying first class forever. I I don't care. Let's invest in you and your life. And what happens is once you take that pressure off of, I don't need to put aside money for the next generation. I don't need to put aside for the standard goal. It blows people's minds. And they're like, all these like things have been holding them back from living their best life disappear. Right. And then it's almost uh, analysis paralysis or paradox of choice. Like you have too many choices, too many choices. Right. Yeah. I mean, who says that you have to spend minimum this much? Most people say spend less, right? Right. Most advisors you're hearing is that, but save for the future. And uh, I actually love to, I love to ask you this question. Is the, do you see in your uh, dealing, I don't know if you talk to, in your practice, you even entertain talking to people with kids at all, but the concept of YOLO, you live only once, I can see that child-free people embracing that, right? Because the concept of YOLO could go fire back if you have kids because you could go crazy. 
So the way I say it is it's not YOLO, it's YOLO with a plan. Mm. So we set a plan for it and we dial back work. Like, for example, what would happen if you invest in yourself rather than the stock market? What if yeah. you went back to school to get that new degree you always wanted to do or Correct. started that new business or and people go, I'd be happier. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. Now I'm not talking about, Hey, you know, let's just go, you know, spend it all on boats. And I love boats and that's a separate place to throw away money, but we do it with a plan. Right. Right. And, and that's the, the difference is like, if child-free folks as a whole don't really want to retire, if you're just going to cut back on work and work as long as you can, mm -hmm. well then if retirement's not a goal, then we just spend the money somewhere else. But that yeah. is it's reprogramming the way everyone thinks because right. all of society and culture is doing this. And what happens if you truly embrace this file approach, all your friends and family, are like you're crazy. I, I, I've heard that. I have heard that in my first 10 years, I'm like, you're crazy. I'm like, that's, I'm, I'm fine being crazy. Uh, I'm like, that's I'm a different question. Am I crazy or you're crazy? That's a different question. We won't argue that back and forth, but I'll accept it and move on. So I can, I can, I can definitely understand that. Well, Jay, dude, I can talk about this because this is such an enlightening conversation. Um, because I think part of that, it showed up even for me, and I consider myself very thoughtful about it. The assumption starts playing out, right? And, okay. and then for those folks who know me, I've spent a lot of time looking at what words come out of my mouth. Uh, but even, even if I am uh, making that mistake of using these words lightly, not because I mean it, it's because that's how I'm using it. That, that plays my mental bias somehow because these words are subconscious, even if they're not conscious, right? So that's important. So I think one of the things that I'm walking away from this is really trying to and don't don't pass assumptions on anyone's life, right? That's number one. Ask questions about your own life. Forget about somebody doesn't have a child. Ask yourself a question, why do you have a child, right? How can you be a better parent versus somebody like you hate kids? Ask yourself a question, how can you be a better parent now that you have a kid? You don't have a question of should you have kids? You already made the choice, but now how can you raise them better, right? How can you make sure their script is not so laden with baggage that they're making the same decisions the way you made the decision, right? Stuff like that. I think this is what I'm really walking away from that. And the second thing is really is more about pay attention to the life you want to live. Now, the decisions that a child-free person is going to make is going to be different than a decision that somebody with a child is going to make. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask the same question. What kind of life do you want to live? Do you see yourself retiring? It's the same exact question that both parties should be thinking about, right? So now you can figure out if, if you don't believe in YOLO, which is you live only once, if you only live once, if you don't believe in, at whatever your plan of life is, have a plan, right? Financial plan, life plan, um, but those buckets that you were talking about uh, have those safety nets because they're necessary, especially in this country. Like if you were in India, the healthcare is much cheaper than here. I could have said very different answer. But if you're here in the U.S., which is most of our audiences, have a plan that's 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 relevant to your life situation, and stop judging other people for their plans. Right? I mean, there are people like Jay exist here to help them. They don't need your involvement. They don't need my involvement because I don't understand that world. Jay understands that world. So, so thank you again, Jay, for challenging me on the podcast. I love that uh, because that's the only way I can improve. So I appreciate that. And thank you for all you're doing. Jay, we're coming towards the end of our show. So really the first question I was going to ask is, did I, uh, if you look back, so actually let me ask this question differently to you. There's a 20-year-old Jay somewhere in this, who's listening to this podcast. What's one advice and recommendation you can give them about life? that could dramatically alter for good their life's path. I'm going to be honest for the 20 year old, I'm going to say live your life and don't work, worry about a plan right this second. Cause the, the odds that the 20 year old of us is smart enough to make a plan for the 40 year old is zero. That's Let's be true. honest. You and I both were dumb at 20. I'm just, oh, I was, you know, I'm still dumb, man. I'm still learning. Uh, it's a 20 year old. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I, I think in the bigger picture is you plan for your life first, then your finances. I love that. Too many people do it backwards. Yeah, And you can absolutely run out of financial plan and get to the end of it and go, that was not where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So instead, if you figure out where your life want to go, you can figure it out. And, and I had somebody who went to school to be a medical doctor and I was working with them. 
Come to find out, he, he didn't want to be a doctor. His family wanted him to be. Oh, man. Now that's the worst kind of doctor. I never want to go to that doctor. <laughs> he actually ended up quitting his residency and going to do art because that's where his passion was. Good. Good for him. But he Good didn't figure him. it out until he was yeah. in residency and already spent a whole lot of money. Like, Correct. take the time to go, what do I want? Not what everybody else wants. Yeah. What are the voices in the head versus what's your voice? Correct. And by Correct. the way, whatever you pick, you'll change. That's okay. Yeah. It's just, you have to optimize for you, not for others. Love that, Jay. Jay, next question. I have a very strong feeling you have thought about this as well. Where do you feel humanity as a whole is struggling right now and it should migrate towards in the next few decades? And you only have a few minutes to answer, not, not yeah. the whole podcast. No, I think that answer. It, my biggest issue right now is I think we, we have too much comparison and too much information out there that we don't know how to handle. Yeah. Yeah. We have information in our hands literally every day that then we start comparing our lives and comparing to others and thinking about, we're not thinking about the big picture, who we are, you know, that monastery, you know, you give up your phone when you go there. Okay. Like seriously, there's a moment of reflection. And I think where we struggle as a society is we've got all the information. We don't know how to handle it. Correct. 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 I, it just financial, all the recipes are out there. Which one fits you? That's the hard one. Like, yeah. we just, that, that's the piece we're missing. No, and, and 100%, Jay, I think because in this day and age, information, we can't say we didn't know because there's somebody somewhere, one, one Google search away from somebody asking the same question that you're asking. But the problem is that there's, there's, there's so many different answers. How do you pick the one that's right for you? And I love going back to your earlier comment is, if you know what your life's path is, you'll figure out your financial path. But if you're figuring out your financial path, there's innumerable combination combinations, right? You can combine this plan with that plan. You can get this life insurance with that life. You can work at a startup. You can do this. There's like innumerable options. How are you going to make a judgment call on anything? You can't. And it is a judgment call because you're right. If you're making a financial plan in vacuum, it may work out, but you may hate it, whatever the life comes out to be. But if you have your life plan, now you can say that it does not fit in. Like I was, to, I was talking to somebody who was saying, Sakit, why don't you buy a brick and mortar franchise? I'm like, have you looked at my life? I've moved 25 times in 23 years. Do, you, do I look like somebody who can own and manage a brick and mortar? Life? It doesn't fit in my lifestyle, period. It's not going to work. But are there financial rewards in owning a franchise? Possibly for somebody. But not for me because I'm going to hate my life even if I make a lot of money. So for me, it was clear, right? And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I still have a lot of uh, learnings of my own. But that's really where the, uh, the answer to your previous question and this question, if you can combine together, at least there's a path forward. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Jay, last question, buddy. In the last about an hour conversation that we had, is, this, is there a question that I didn't ask you that you wish I did? You know, I think we got around to all that. I think the hardest question is how do people accept other people living a different life and path? Yeah. And be okay with it. Yeah. You know, I, I, my, my way is very simple. I don't get a vote in your life. You don't get a vote in mine. I love that. But I think we, at some point just need to all go, you do you like, you know, you do your thing. I do mine. You want to live it your way. I'm like, we're good. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't have an answer to that question, so I'm glad you didn't ask, but like, you know, <laughs> how do we get people to that point of everybody just going, yeah, we're all good. You do your thing. No, I, I think it's actually a very interesting question, right? Because it goes back to the question you asked about the couples, whereas in uh, yeah. the theory about accept the, the bag has to be compatible, right? Which is, I can pass a judgment on your life, but I, have I judged my own life? I have no right to judge yours unless I've sorted my life completely. There's enough holes in my own life that, uh, that I, I, can, I would rather fix, put the energy towards fixing. I think that's really the answer because it's easy for, for me to tell you what to do. Very easy. Uh, Does it work for you? Do I understand where you're coming from? That's really the question is, and chances are most of us won't take time to go deeper into a stranger's life. So why even pass a judgment on that, right? I think we just kind of have to pause and think, well, this person didn't, why this person is doing wrong because they don't have children. I'll, I'll just take that as a topic. 
Well, did you ever ask yourself, why did you have a children? No, you didn't. So does it make, does it, does that question even make sense to ask them? Now, if you're coming from a curiosity, I'm curious, Jay, what made you make that choice? Because it's interesting way of living. That's a very different way of asking. Now you're asking about curiosity. You're not ridiculing that person that your choice is wrong. Um, right? Most people are saying, oh, you, you're going to regret. That's what I got the first time. You're going to regret. I'm like, you're threatening me. I'm not going to be open to anything you have to say at this point. But yeah, dude, we can go on and on in this. Let me ask uh, you a question. If somebody wants to learn more about your work, somebody wants to get in touch with you, where can they, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about you? Absolutely. So I'm old school, so I still got a website, childforwealth.com. On most of the socials, we're not on Twitter because they decided childless folks shouldn't have a vote, or at least that's what he Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's a whole whole story there. He thinks we're evil. Um, (laughs) Wow. Okay. I had no idea. The Child Free Wealth podcast, everywhere you get podcasts. And uh, you can grab a free copy of my book, uh, Portrait of Child Free Wealth, at childfreewealth.com slash book. Awesome. Jay, I'm, uh, we'll make sure that uh, stuff is included in the in the show notes below for the listeners. Do watch it. Do consume the podcast. I just heard three or four episodes and I'm hooked. Um, not because uh, I wish I didn't have a child. It's because the questions and topics are discussing that. It brings, it makes you challenge your own thinking. Even if you have kids, it doesn't matter. So I think the podcast is not just for child-free people. It's for everybody. It's just targeted towards child-free people because okay. because you need to you need to do that. So I understand that. Jay, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate your willingness to dig in and question your own. Of course, dude. Boxes. Yeah, that's what I love about podcasting. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. Hold on one second, man. <clears throat> if you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below.